Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Sporting 160 EN, this being episode number 16. I'm joined here by my three good friends. I got Patrick. Patrick, how you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm fighting, battling a cold. Battling a cold could be a little bit better, uh, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm here with Danny. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm good, bro. What's up, guys? And last but certainly not least, we got my man Nando. How you doing, man? Hey, bud. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back with you guys. It's fun to always talk sporting with you guys. Absolutely, man. And, and let's go ahead and do that. Um, let's let's talk about the game. I'm going to go ahead and read off the lineup, and then I'll be asking you guys individually, you know, your thoughts. So the lineup was as followed. We had uh, Salah at goalie. We had Rostovsky, Mateu, Kuats, and Jefferson in the back line. We had Misic in Bataglia at the midfield. Nani Acuna on the wings. Brun Fernandes playing in behind Bastos. Danny, I'll ask you first. Uh, give me your thoughts um, of the game. Yeah, it was um, it was a pretty hard battle. Uh, Stubal, I think they they look a lot better than they did last year. A, bit, a few better players, especially the striker Khadij, who start who caused us a lot of problems. Though I don't think he he was the goal scorer. Um, you know, we, we started off a bit dominant, um, constantly playing through the wings. I think that's what we're going to see under Pizzato a lot. He likes to use his fullbacks up, up the pitch, um, which we always saw Jefferson and almost Ristovsky bombing up there constantly. Um, and then, you know, Nani did some magic in the first half, scored a wonderful goal, basically did everything himself. He had everything from the wide uh, spot, came inside, scored. Uh, beautiful shot, beautiful goal. Goalie couldn't really handle it. Our goal, or sorry, Stubal's goal came from a from an error from Salant. Um, I think a guy with his experience should do a lot better. He should be able to come out and hold the ball. He he sort of looked like um, like like Bruno Varela of last year, not being able to control the balls coming coming in from across, coming near him. Second half came Stubal, you know, they, it was a bit similar to the um, to the first game we had against Mureyrens where they, they'd go on their spells and, and dominate a bit, though Sporting this time was a bit better. There wasn't, they weren't necessarily dominating possession for the whole half, whether it was the first or second. It was more so that, you know, there would be spells of 5, 10, 15 minutes where Stubal looked closer to the to winning the game than, than Sporting did. Um, I think... Their biggest opportunities came from from crosses in the box. Salen doesn't look good enough uh, in in that area. And then you know we we subbed in the kid Jovan, uh, and and yet again he did he did magic. He provided the assist. Nani also needs a lot of credit to that. Running into the box, getting into the right spot at the right time. Um, I can't remember whether it was before or after, but Nani was just immense this game. He had a free kick that uh, hit the bar. Um, all in all, I, I was I was happy with the win. There's definitely improvements needed to be made under Pizzedo. Pizzedo said himself that he, he knows that this team has the potential to play much better. Um, we're just not there yet. It's understandable. We had JJ for three years, so a new coach coming in with, you know, a, a weaker midfield than what we had last year, a few new faces. Uh, you know, it, it'll, it'll need that time to gel. Um, all in all, a decent performance, uh, a just 
a just win, I think, from us. I think mm-hmm. whether we played good or bad, we still had the most opportunities. We were still the most threatening. Um, there was even that one chance right towards the end uh, that we almost had. Um, yeah, a just victory and, and, and overall happy with the, with the win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nanda, what was your biggest takeaway from the game? Um, honestly, to me, it was a little bit of the backups, um, the sub play. I think that we started off the game playing real well. We got that early lead. Um, I think that goalie obviously could have played Nani's shot a little better. However, if you don't shoot, you don't score. Um, so kudos to him for taking that shot from that far out. Um, but I think the key was the sub play. I think being able to bring in uh, the fact that Montero came in uh, despite everything that he's gone through this past uh, week with his wife and losing his, I think it's his third third child, um, being able to come in and still play well, have an early opportunity to score, um, subbing Abaj Dost, who obviously wasn't himself, plus a little banged up. Then you got what we've all been kind of talking about on Twitter. We've got that supposedly the super sub, Ke Giovanni Cabral, um, coming in and, and doing well and kind of creating, got the assist to Nani. Um, I think the fact that those guys doing well off the bench, which I think last year was probably, in my opinion, if not our weakest part of yeah. the team, uh, definitely Easily. one of the weakest. Yeah. I think so, I think it's, so too. Exciting. It's exciting because that, that kind of shows, hey, look, we got some guys that are hungry. And then we got dudes like Mateos, Parade and everything that we all have opinions on and hoping that he could be part of the team. But I think for this game, overall, solid performance. Nothing really too fancy. Nani, in my opinion, didn't do too much throughout the game, except he did score. He took care of that, right. and he was present. I think he's doing a good job being a captain, and I think that's a lot of what we missed last year as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Can. His, his leadership, I think, um, definitely stands out. Um, Patrick, what were your initial thoughts when you when you saw that first 11? Were, was there anything you would have done differently? Um, how how did you see the lineup that Pizzedo put out? Yeah, um, I mean, in terms of uh, coming from the Mourinho's game into this one, obviously there was a change um, to place Misic in midfield over Petrovic, which, um, you know, thinking like Pizzedo, I do agree. I think Misic is a little bit better and um, incisive in what he does in midfield, but still it's not enough for... Um, what a team like Sporting and needs, and and what a team like Sporting needs is to um, you know take on a team like Stubble at home and, and and look to dominate, look to assert its um, uh, its presence, and um, you know make it difficult for them. Um, but I don't think uh, Sporting ever managed to do that. I don't think, as I said uh, last week, I will I'll probably sound like a broken record for most of the, uh, these early um, fixtures. I don't think Sporting has that player in the middle of the park that's capable of being a brain, a bit like William Carvalho was, that player that can pick out a pass um, vertically, you know, one or two instances quicker than a normal midfielder would. And that's the problem that Sporting has. I think we have midfielders that probably think at a normal to below average rate when it comes to passing the ball forwards. And when you have that sort of situation, it's... Uh, it's it's very difficult for your team to find that flow and and um, uh, cause trouble. So you know, um, a team like Sporting 
with this sort of problem, you're relying on um, a little bit of individual brilliance from the likes of Nani or, or Bruno Fernandes and then what Jovan Cabral, for example, can do off the bench. And that's what ultimately decided the game for sporting. Um, and I think when that's the case, I think it's it, it, it helps to have um, those kind of players out. I think Rafinha was a player who, in my opinion, um, should have started um, on one of the flanks, not just because... I think um, Acuna would be better placed at left-back. Um, I also think Nani is a better player coming in from the left wing, which would mean Acuna has to be an inverted winger on the right wing. And um, it's not something I think suits Acuna very well. So, um, yeah. And we saw that too. We saw yeah. that too because when he switched the fields, I mean, it was a completely different player. Yeah, I mean, Acuna to me is a pure left-sided player. Um, perhaps he doesn't have the trickery of a normal um, modern-day winger, um, which is why I think he's better suited to playing left-back. But, you know, he, he's, re- he's someone who gets chalk on his boots, essentially, and really hits the byline. So I think we, we, have, to, we have to be a bit basic here and play to our strengths. Um, Nani's obviously very good coming in field. He showed that with his goal. And I think Rafinha, had he, had he been placed on the other flank, um, it would have created something else as well, and and sporting just by doing that, you know, um, they 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 instantly become a little bit more threatening, um, and uh, creative. Um, what else? Obviously, credit to Jovan Cabral, who's um looking to be a very uh yeah. interesting player to, to 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 add to Sporting's um squad. It might be bad news for Matos Pereira with everything that's going on mm-hmm. um, behind the scenes. I hope I hope um. It settles down, and Matos Pereira, you know, also adds to the squad. Um, but no, it's it's nice. It's, it's always nice to see a player like uh, Jovan Cabral come through the ranks and um, impress. And yeah, he's got he's got his fingerprints on um, two potentially crucial victories for Sporting come the end of the season. Who knows what what lies in store for us? What lies in store for us? Um, but um, two complicated games and two victories. I guess. Uh, you can't complain too much with that. Yeah, no, I uh, I completely agree. Um, I love that uh, Jovan has definitely taken um, this opportunity um, with Matheus Pereira being out. And guys, I want to get a little bit into that. Um, do you think that the punishment is fitting the crime right now with Matheus Pereira? Like, I know he had the outburst and, you know, he, he posted that status on Twitter. Um, but do you think that, you know, Spartan and company are overreacting a little bit? Um, I'll give this uh, question to Danny first. Danny, give me your opinion on it. Um, yes. Yes and no. I definitely think he should have been punished. I, I kind of even agree with him not even being on the list this week. Uh, just because we have to put an end to these outbursts. outbursts. I think I said last week as well, um, th- this club has a serious problem and it's and it's social media that like these players, even the former president that, you know, I'm still a supporter of, but obviously he has his flaws. The, the biggest problem is is this this club, whether it's players, whatever, they don't know how to use social media. And, and I hope this this is an example for, for for the players that you know we you you will be accounted uh, accounted for what you say and what you do, um, but at the same time I, I do think it's still a bit harsh. Um, we have we had we had an incident where the whole team had an outburst uh, a few months ago on social media. Right. We obviously wouldn't suspend the whole team. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think I think it it, it it's been a little too much now. I think if if we're asking him to delete the post and that's what it is, I know there's uh, like murmurs that that that's the that's that's the case that we're we're only punishing him because the post is still up. I think that's a bit ridiculous. Um, I think the kid learned his lesson. I think the kid should be playing with the team because the kid. He he's he's quality as it is right now, and he still has so much more potential to be even better. Uh, we have to capitalize on that, uh, and and he definitely has not only a, a spot within the team, but definitely a starting spot within the team. So um, hopefully, you know that gets past it, and Pizedu has him training with the team next uh, tomorrow, and you know Befica, we can maybe see a few minutes from him. Mm-hmm. And guys, uh, Patrick and Ando, real quick, do you guys think the uh, punishment fits fits the crime? Because I got a couple other questions uh, designated for you guys. Um, uh, I don't. Yeah, Patrick, yeah, go ahead. Um, well, it's diff- it's difficult to comment, obviously, without knowing exactly what's gone on behind the scenes and what's actually <laughs> provoked the message. Um, but you know, what I hope is that you know, as I said, we put some ice on it um, and chill with the situation because obviously we've. With rumours coming out that it could, it's a situation that could extend to Matilde Pereira even being sold or moved on, you know, um, with this uh, commission um, being put in place. And, and we don't know how long Pazade will be the manager as well. You know, if sporting all of a sudden looks very different in a month's time or, or however long. And uh, because of this situation, which obviously we're living under a very turbulent time for, for sporting, and the players are also emotional. Uh, Mateusz Pereira comes from a, a, a season where he's had uh, a very good displays at Shavsh, um and decent displays in pre-season. So obviously he feels like he should be contributing to the team. He's 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 vented his frustration. If all of a sudden we were sporting were to um, escalate to the point of giving Mateusz Pereira away for a season or for good, um, being the the potential with the potential that he has, I think I'd be very disappointed. So. You know, mm-hmm. my general feeling is you know, just put put ice on this situation as soon as possible, um, and move on from it. For sure, Nando. What are your two cents? To to me, it's going to be pretty much a little bit of what all you guys said. Um, I think that we're at a time right now where if we alienate the kid even further, we run the risk of pulling off another. There goes Bruma. There goes. Um, you know, Carrillo, there goes all these other talents that we had that were young and promising yeah. that just go out the window. I think at this point, we as Sporting need to figure out what's our goal here. Are we trying to produce these kids, help them grow to be more than just a soccer player like supposedly we were back in the day? Mm-hmm. Are we trying to have these kids also be part of this team and part of the team a la Rui Patricio, William Carvalho, meaning playing with us several years down the road potentially staying with us for a good bit like adrian and all of them or are we trying to get them to show themselves a little bit and then we can get a quick buck on them you know make some profit because if we're going with the wall trying to make money on these guys uh, we're doing a horrible job because i think we'd all agree that Spartan has left a lot of money on the table especially with the ones we sold and even more so with the ones that we let get away oh, and i think yeah. that I think that pissing off the kid, alienating the kid, yeah. Did he say something out of line? Did he speak where he shouldn't have spoken? Of course. But how often does that happen with other clubs that aren't Spartan and that stuff doesn't go any further than 
you know, a quick slap on the wrist. I mean, look at Porto right now with the whole Marega situation. The guy supposedly, you know, he pissed off the whole team and everything, but he's not playing. But I guarantee you Porto's not going to let that guy go without getting some money back from him. Right. And we as Sporting need to figure out that, you know, enough is enough. So suspend him one game, two games, pull him in, tell him, you know, enough's enough. We're going to start giving you some opportunities. Let's see what you have. I think that's what they need to do. Otherwise, they run the risk of losing a lot of money again. No, for sure. Especially, I, I completely agree with uh, everyone pretty much. Um, my biggest takeaway is I felt like he was supposed to play, you know, such a huge role this season. Um, if if not starting, then off the bench. But now the thing is, you know, you have Jovan performing at a high level coming off as a sub. We know what Rafinha is capable of. Um, so now it's a little bit of a problem, I guess a good problem to have as far as depth wise goes. Um, and I also want to get into another thing with Acuna guys, when is Bezeru going to realize, um, that Acuna is better suited, I think, to play left back. I think we can all agree that he'd be an upgrade over Jefferson. No, a hundred percent, not to mention it's because it's also because Bezeru likes playing his, uh, fullback so high up the pitch and, you know, Acuna is is a workhorse. Like one of the best qualities that we can um, say for him is that he he helps out his left back a lot. Um, he's not just one of those wingers that just attack and then you know leave the defensive duties to others. He 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 goes for it. He attacks, but he comes back. He defends for Argentina. He plays sort of a left wing back, so he's used to going up the pitch, going down the pitch. I mean, Pazeta will play him everywhere. We seen him play him play him in <laughs> midfield a few times as well yesterday and in preseason. Right, he'll play him everywhere but left back, and it's starting to really get on my nerves. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I mean, what's it going to take for him? I guess to open his eyes and and realize. Um, yeah. And the other, the, my other player I have that I actually want to see is Wendell too. Uh, what are your guys? Is uh, Patrick? I'll go with you. You think Wendell is going to get an opportunity anytime soon? You think we'll yeah. ever see like a Go ahead. Well, I'm not sure whether he will get an opportunity, but he certainly deserves one. I think um, w- with the problem that I said that Sporting has and the fact that they don't have a midfielder who who's capable of picking up the ball and, and spotting the passes quickly, I think the only solution for, for Sporting would be to um, obviously play Bataglia uh, as the defensive midfielder um, a- a- and couple him with a more energetic player like Vendor, who's also quite good technically. And um, has, has uh, the scope to improve um, on the little nuances that is timing of the pass and uh, and when to release the ball or not. And obviously, if you bring Bruno Fernandes a little deeper as well, there's a player who who's comfortable with receiving the ball and and making things happen as far as uh, creativity goes. I think yeah. I think Sporting's best solution without signing. Um, a new player in, in in the days that we have left the, the transfer window would be to go Bataglia defensive mid, um, Vendel in the sort of box to box role, and um, uh, Bruno Fernandes in that eight eight and a half role. That midfield midfield three is Sporting's best bet, I think. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I agree. Um, you know, you have a playmaker like Bruno Fernandes. You know, why not play to our strengths instead of playing, you know, kind of towards our weaknesses right now with Misic and, and Petrovic in the midfield? And my last question, um, Nando, this one's for you. Do you think you're we're done as far as in the transfer market bringing in players? Um, no, I don't think we're done. And, and just if you give me a second, I just wanted to touch up on on a little bit about what what the guys just said. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, 
just real quick, um, I totally agree Acuna would be better suited as a left back. But more so than that, it, it's really pissing me off that we got a guy like Rafinha, who is a clear, in my opinion, upgrade over Jefferson in every category and hungrier, in my opinion. Um, we've seen what Jefferson can do. He's been there before. He left. He came back. And it's to me, it's really pissing me off that Rafinha is sitting there on the bench and we're letting a guy like Jefferson, who will never sell and make money off the guy. And again, wasting younger players' talents and, and, and the opportunity to bring these dudes up, um, reap the benefits and whatnot is really aggravating. Um, two, I don't think we're done on the transfer market. Um, I think we continue to have the big issue of who is going to supplement Bajdosh. Who else is going to score when Bajdosh doesn't score? And that is going to continue to hurt this team as the season goes on. If we don't find a guy like that, they talk about what's his name, uh, Diaby or whatever, who supposedly um, the deal is done. So maybe he'll be that that option. Um, but but Sparty needs to do something that's going to create another opportunity for scores up top. Uh, we can't expect Nani and so forth to come in and have those moments where they're going to score two goals a game. That's not their job. Um, Bas Dost is to score. He will score. He'll get his goals in. I don't think he'll score as many as he did last year. I don't think he'll score as many as he did the other year. Um, so we need another striker. We need someone else who's going to give us 10 to 20 goals. Um, so therefore, I don't think we're done by any means. Okay. Danny, what about you? You think we're done in the transfer market? No, we. I don't think so. One, because Sosa Sintra has already said he, he's – He's promising more um, another attacker, and I, I can't remember what else he said. But two, we still have a lot of work to do. Um, Sturaro has yet to come in, so we still need that sort of eight role, if, if, um, or even a six, if if Pizzedo insists on not playing Wendell there. Um, we still need, I think, another forward as well. We definitely need another left back if again Pizzedo's not going to play Acuna there. Um, I think this those three positions mainly. Um, and we still need to offload a bunch of players as well. We need, I, I think we need to get rid of Petrovic, but I'm not too sure whether that's going to happen. Um, there's players like Ryan Gold, like Mateusz Oliveira, um, that still needs to, you know, we still need to handle that situation. Um, we're definitely not done. We have what another two weeks until it's until it's finished, week and a half. So I think it's a, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So you know, I I think Sporting still still has a lot of work uh, cut out for them and. They, like I said, we definitely need another midfielder, another left back, and uh, another forward just to substitute Baz Dost. No, for sure. I agree. I mean, I completely agree with you guys. I definitely think we need help. The problem I see is everyone that we're linked with, we really never end up getting. <laughs> um, you know, a couple hours later, I'll find out he signed for some team in Italy or Spain or whatever. Uh, it's like we can't uh, get a hold of these transfer targets that we're trying to acquire, um, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, moving on, guys, it is Derby week. We will be playing Benfica this weekend. We already know how big of a game this is. Um, me, personally, I think it's the biggest game in Portugal. Um, they can say what they want, Porto Benfica. I think Sporting Benfica is the biggest, baddest rivalry in Portugal. Um, <laughs> we play at... Two o'clock here on Saturday. Uh, guys, confident, scared, shaky. Patrick, I'll let you go ahead. 
Um, well, obviously, uh, we, we, both the teams come into the season with different feelings um, and emotions. Uh, Sporting's uh, had all this uh, presidential thing and the Al Kushid's, uh, uh scenario hanging over their heads. Uh, the pre-season results haven't been great. And um, when you compare it to what Benfica have had, they've had a better pre-season than they've had in previous years under Rui Vitoria. Um, they've got a few players that are, are beginning to shine and come into the team as well. And they're obviously progressing quite well with regards to Champions League qualification. So we are on different um, standpoints a bit, but you know we, we have to look at it factually as well. Um, we're both on six points and... Uh, as we've seen so many times, you know, regardless of the uh, situation that you find yourself in, when it's Derby Day, it's Derby Day, and anything can happen um, once you go into those ninety minutes. So you have to be um, a bit confident and and hope that the um, hope that the occasion can carry your team to to glory. Um, so you know, it's it's with that and all the mystique around the the Lisbon derby that I look forward to it and, and hope that Sporting can win it will be difficult no doubt um, logically Benfica are, 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 are better mentally than we are at the moment but you know it's it's far from uh, being impossible for Sporting to get something out of uh, Benfica at the Luz. for sure um, Nando give me give me your thoughts what are you what are you what are you most I guess excited for anxious for scared for <clears throat> yeah man I'm um, definitely as excited as I'm ever going to be about a team. I mean, or about a game, I should say. I hate Befica with a passion. Anybody who knows me knows that. Um, so absolutely hope that they get obliterated. But in terms of being realistic, um, I'm a little, I'm a little apprehensive of a good result. Um, I think that as a sporting fan, I've kind of gotten used to these kinds of games. Now, the good thing is it's early on in the year. So a loss means nothing in terms of the end result. But I think that Sporting, with everything that's happening, elections around the corner, just like Patrick said, the turmoil of Alcushit, um, I honestly don't even think we have a good, as good of a team as Benfica does currently. Um, individually, I think we have some, some fun, uh, you know, individual talents. But I think as a collective unit, uh, the fact that Benfica has the same coach, they know exactly what he wants, how he plays. Um, they got, what is it? Uh, Jean is coming back or he's back, you know, he's got his contract, yeah. so he should be motivated. Um, you know, and he's kind of killed us a bit over the past couple seasons. Um, plus it's at the luge. I don't man, I don't think we're going to, I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, like I said, I'm apprehensive of a good result. I'll be totally fine with the tie. It's like that old saying, you know, in the big classics and the derbies, you want to, you're okay with the tie away and you play for the win at home. Um, yeah. Let's let's hope that that at least happens. We get our tie. A win would be the cherry on top. But everything that's going on at Sporting, the fact that our own team has yet to figure out how they want to play, <laughs> I just right. don't know if we can come together for the derby match. Or maybe that is what what is needed. Maybe that's the ingredient. Yeah. yeah. So let's just hope for the best, man. And and like always, like yeah, I'm super excited. I don't know anybody who wouldn't be. No, for sure. Danny, Even Porto we... fans are excited. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Danny, go ahead. Yeah, man. Basically, what what's everyone said already, I, I agree with 100%. Um, they they definitely look more ready than us. They they look better than us. Let's, let's 
call a spade a spade. But at the end of the day, not to be too cliche, but when, when it comes to rivalries or derbies, you know, form goes out the window. It, it, it doesn't matter. Um, I've seen a Spartan team in like 10th, and I believe we still beat Benfica that year. Um, so, you know, anything could happen. I hope that, you know, the, the leaders of the team, the more experienced ones like Nani, like uh, Koach, Mathieu, um, even Viviano, he, they can sort of, you know, because we do have a lot of youngsters. That's my only, my only worry is that the occasion will be too big for them. Um, that they take these youngsters aside, you know, they, they, you know, have the words with them, make sure that, you know, players like Jovan, like Rafinha, if he, if he ends up playing, um, you know, even like Bruno Fernandes, um, take them aside and, and really, you know, warm them up for what they're about to go into. Cause it's definitely intimidating, especially away from home. Um, but yeah, like, like, uh, I think Nando just said now, if, if you, if we get the tie away from home and and get the win at, when we're at home, um, you know, that'd be a perfect result for us. And exactly like you said as well, you know, it's the third game of the season. It doesn't hurt. If we end up losing, you know, it, it's not too big of a loss. Maybe it's a bit demoralizing, but, you know, we go again. And then if we win, all the better. Um, I, I, and you know what? I, I'm, I'm a little optimistic towards it, too. I think Benfica still has a lot of changes, and, and we've seen that they're vulnerable, especially in the game against Vitoria Guimarães, where they almost blew the lead, so... Yeah, um, even Boa Vista. Even Boa Vista, that's right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Even Boa Vista. What do you think, Bruno? We haven't heard a lot from you, man. Uh, guys, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that we walk away with this game with at least a point. We're not losing. 100%. I don't think we're going to lose. Me, personally, I love this. I love the whole week leading up to it. I'm going to have so much fun on Twitter um, with the banter, with the Benfica fans. It's always fun. It's always lit. Um, yeah. And I, I hope that Pizzeiro... This is the game that maybe uh, that Nando was saying kind of brings us all together. He, he gets the lineup right. But, you know, I'm scared that, you know, come Saturday, I see the lineup and I see Jefferson at left back because I, I think that's a huge, huge uh, vulnerability that we have. And I think the main battle is going to be that midfield. On their midfield, we can expect PZ, Jetson, who is a very talented young kid, and yeah. probably Fasia. And then, you know, Hey, am I, am I? Hello? Hello, yeah. Hello, guys. Sorry, I got dropped. I don't know why. Um, no, it's all good. I just want to make sure it wasn't me. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, I know, Dad. I'm waiting for Danny to get back in. Uh, but anywho, as I was saying, um, I'm very interested to see how Pizzedo is going to – who he's going to have as the starting 11. Um, now I was waiting for Danny to get into the modalities. Hello, hello. Daddy, yes, my man, you're back. Sorry, I got disconnected for a second. No, you're good. I did too. <laughs> no worries. Right. Um, so, Danny, uh, are you ready for the uh, modalities to go over that? Yeah. Uh, let me just pull that up right here. So, 
Um, the under 17s, the Juvenige won 10 nothing to Kaz. Uh, goals from Joelson Fernandes, uh, Rodrigo Rego, Tiago Tomás, Gonçalo Batalha, André Gonçalves, Leandro Gonçalves, and Daniel Rodrigues. Uh, and then we had a loss in uh, handball or handball. Um, we lost to some Russian team. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name. <laughs> um, later on, we also, <laughs> our girls won an uh, international tournament. I believe they're all over in Spain. Uh, they mm -hmm. won 6 2 uh, to Fe Femargui. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. Anyways, goals from uh, Sharon uh, Warwick. That she got. She scored two. Joana Marchão, Fatima Pinto, Carolina Menge, and Bruna Costa. Um, and then next game will be on the 20th of August, which is tomorrow against Shanghai. If we score, if we win that game, we 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 win the international cup. Um, our futsal team won three nothing. Goals from Deyu and Kavinatu. Sorry about that. Um and um also our under 19s won two nothing against Vitori Stuval goals coming from Paulo Costa and Tiago Rodrigues and of course our and now it's not showing up our um our under 23s beat Stuval five four uh with goals yeah, from crazy result one great and insane I think it was we were up three nothing at one point yeah it sounds uh, like us yeah right here. <laughs> um, we won 5-4, three goals from Leonardo Ruiz, one from Dimitar Mitrovsky, and another one from Marco Tulio. Um, and that is, I believe, it in terms of modalities. Yep. All right. Thank you for that. And no guys, um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out when it was. I believe it was Friday morning. I woke up to the news. I believe it was Friday. I woke up to the news that Brun Carvalho was back as president. And I couldn't believe it. I'm on Twitter. I'm seeing everyone tweeting all this stuff. And then an hour later, I found out he wasn't president. <laughs> so to give us that latest, I'm going to hand it over to my man, Nando. Go ahead, Nando. Yeah, man. So basically, the gist of the situation is that uh, Bruno Carvalho had obtained a court order or a court decision, if you will. He stated in his view and in his interpretation. Uh, Make sure. Can you guys still hear me? Yep. Okay, good. Give me yeah, you're good. I think I, I lost you guys here for a second. But basically, um, it stated that the General Assembly that had happened uh, back on was um, no good. It was nullified. It didn't count. And that he basically took that and said, you know what? Um, I'm still the president. Obviously, if that General Assembly didn't count, everything that came from it doesn't count. I'm still president. Now, the problem with that is when he showed up at the Alvalade, when he showed up at Sporting Stadium, he had a meeting with the uh, – the Comissão that's currently running Sporting, um, the Sousa Sintras, the Jaime Marta Suarez, and that other guy. And uh, they basically said, listen, you can interpret this how you want. on this document states uh, un unequivocally that you are president, that what happened didn't count. 
Um, and, and it kind of left it all up in the air. So you have two sides, one that says, you know what? I don't care that you have a piece of paper that says you're still president. And the other side, Bruno Carvalho's team that says, no, no, this makes me still in charge. And I think like Bruno just said, as the day went on, we started hearing the news articles come out and, and the people reporting on it um, saying that, you know, he kind of got forced out of the stadium. That's kind of where we are right now. I think they have a few more days, maybe a week or so to determine or finalize what the court views and then kind of go from there, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. I thought it was crazy. I, I, I think it's I think we're still going to there's still going to be more news on it, as especially as we get closer to the elections. Honestly, I don't know what's going to happen, um, but it it remains to be seen. And I'm going to give the floor to Patrick here in a, in, in a few minutes real quick. I just want to introduce the uh, the current presidents. Um, they did have a debate today. Uh, me and Patrick uh, were able to witness it. Um, see it. So we'll give you guys our thoughts in a little bit, but I just want to introduce the candidates as well as the days um, that they're going to be doing their one on uh, when they're going to be doing their presentation as president, giving their ideas and all that good stuff. So on the 31st of August, we have uh, Fernand uh, Tavares Freire. September the 1st, we have Dias Freire. September the 2nd, we have José Maria Ricardi. September the 3rd, we have Pedro Medeira Rodrigues. September 4th, we have Rui Jorge Rego. September 5th, we have Frederic Verandas. And September 6th, we have João Benedict. Although I think during, uh, Patrick, I don't know if you heard, I think it was Ferdinand Tavares who said he wasn't going to be doing the interviews anymore on CMTV or Sporting TV. I think it was him, the older one, the older out of the bunch, the older guy. I think it yeah. was him. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Yeah, um, obviously, because um, the, the current sporting board um, that's overseeing it seems to be quite close uh, to CMTV. And in fact, a, a lot, most of the debates were actually announced first to be on C CMTV rather than Sporting TV. And uh, Jean Bendit and uh, Frederico Verandes um, did pull some did pull some power behind the scenes, and obviously managed to. Um, make some noise and, and get a lot more debates on sporting TV. So there is that um, situation going on. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that obviously today we had the, the, the debate um, on sporting TV and I wish um, most, if not all, were on uh, the club's channel. I think a lot of the other um, media outlets have at times been, um, at times, no, most of the times, uh, been guilty of agitating the environment uh, around the club and, um you know, when when something's like that, I think the club has to realise who cares for who here, and um, and plug some people off. But obviously, um, the people in charge of sporting currently are, are cozying up to CMTV, um, which is their choice. But I personally find it unfortunate. I would I'd rather see everything um, mm -hmm. go through sporting TV. Um, I agree. Yeah, it's like why do we even have the channel? I mean. Yep. It's like CMTV. It's like CMTV is yeah. like Sporting TV so too. Yep. It's so bad. I mean, it's, it's, our, last, ridiculous. our last elections was all through Sporting TV, and then the last few months, <laughs> there was a lot of bad that came from CMTV. And now that we're giving them exclusives, like, it's so bad. It's, it's, it's yeah, ridiculous. It's 
I mean, personally, for me, it's, I think it's perfectly fine that they, they can, obviously, if they do the debates through Sporting TV, they can then also um, chuck some over to... Yeah, no, absolutely. Channels, like, what, Channel 1, 2 and 3. Because, obviously, yeah. it is in the public interest as well. And uh, and other people that don't have Sporting TV can, can access uh, such information there. But it's just the fact that so much, like, such a large portion has gone to CMTV, which... Uh, are by far one of the less reputable sources, in my opinion, of uh, of the news channels in Portugal, uh, and one that's uh, particularly um, quite obsessed with the situation at Sporting in a negative sense. Uh, I just think it's a shame that um, so much and so many exclusives uh, since Bruno Valio has left has gone their way, um, and uh, the sharing of the debates um, was turning into that, but. Uh, Sporting TV does claim some um, now, and I think that's positive at least uh, to come out of this. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's that's just the thing that upset me the most. I mean, I think you know it is Sporting TV. You know, we, we have it for a reason. It's it's for us sporting fans. I think everything should go through them first, and then, like you said, if they want to, you know, do a couple on the on the other TVs, on the other channel stations, whatever you want to call it, that's fine too. But I think yeah. the main source has to be Sporting TV. Um, I, I think it's 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 kind of BS that C, uh, CMTV, you know, they, they kind of get these exclusives or these news updates before, you know, even um, Sporting TV do. Like it's, it's, it's baffling to me, but, you know, that's the state of the club right now. Um, but Patrick, real quick, um, you did see the debate today. Um, what was your takeaway? Did anyone convince you? Um, give me your two cents. Yeah, so... In my opinion, I think it 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 was quite difficult to gauge um, or or to to really attach yourself to someone if you're starting from zero to really attach to someone because obviously seven uh, bodies are all fighting um, for, for their um, uh, precious minutes to get their ideas across and sometimes they're overlapping each other. Um, it, it it was quite um, limited for the candidates um, and with time we will get to know their ideas a bit better. Um, but to me personally, I, I can already see um, three clear favourites um, for, in my opinion, that will we'll, we'll go head to head for presidency. And I think the first one will be uh, Richardi, who's obviously um, someone who's dedicated his plans um, to the financial aspect. Um, the second one uh, was the man sitting next to him, who they obviously had a bit of a heated exchange at one point was, yeah. uh, was Verandes. Um, right. I think Verandes will, will, will be a, a favourite among um, the public, um, not just because, um, it, you know, not just because he's someone who was already involved and, and seems to have a good report with uh, many of the current players, but also because his plans, um, you know, there's a bit of, there's something familiar about his his vision for sporting, and I think a lot of people will, will, will grow close to that. And of course, the final one, in my opinion, who will, who should do quite well um, when the time comes, is uh, Benedict, who's someone who's, who, in my opinion, I think is very organic, and he he, he tries to make an effort to distance himself um, from from all the fighting and and the influences and and whatnot. He's trying to yeah. obviously pick up a team that's. 100% sporting uh, in his in his eyes and, and trying to do things um, 
um, in an ethical manner. I think uh, a lot of people will will, will like that, and um, for sure, I think he's he, he he will play a very important role in this presidency. I'm not sure um, from a personal point of view where I'd go. Um, mm-hmm. It does, uh, as I said. Um, a few times it does seem like we're looking at the best of a bad bunch um, <laughs> uh, but with, with, uh, with, with time we've still got lots of we've got, still got lots of ideas to hear um, uh, and perhaps um, s- s- some ideas will look um, look nicer uh, t- to us in time but I, I just don't know I think the other guys are uh, a long way short the likes of Pedro Madeira Rodrigues who's a, a very emotional and uh, and good character, but ultimately, I think um, might show up a bit naive uh, when the time comes. And obviously, Hegel uh, and Tavares Pereira are very um, uh, low key, and perhaps, uh, and particularly Hegel with the Roberto Carlos idea, I think he's very um, far fetched, and I don't know, it's just yeah, not realistic in my opinion. Yeah, that's all he um, kept bringing up too. If uh, yeah. it was Roberto Carlos, this Roberto Carlos, that I have Roberto Carlos. Yeah. I'm like, okay, dude, I get it. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, uh, the thing I don't understand about that particular candidate is obviously he he's mentioned Roberto Carlos, but you know Roberto Carlos was a fantastic footballer. Being a right. fantastic footballer does not translate to you being a fantastic manager, like he tried, or a director of football. It does not mean you know a lot about football. Right, and that's the impression that he's trying to give uh, sporting fans. And furthermore, he's someone yeah. who's trying to implement. Um, uh, a president alongside him, which is uh, Paul Lop, uh, current president of Leishonish, who, despite being a club member at Sporting for 15 years, is also apparently a Benfica fan, and you know, it's it's a nasty intertwining yeah. there, which I don't right. think Sporting fans will swallow at all, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he'll do too well. No, I agree, and I saw I saw a couple people tweet about that too on Twitter uh, while the debate was going on. Um, <laughs> My biggest takeaway, um, I honestly thought it was chaotic. Um, I didn't think it was, uh, I guess, as professional as I thought it would be, um, especially between Varandas um, and uh, Bicardi. Um, I mean, those those two were just going at it. Um, Varandas, he didn't really have a plan. Um, uh, from what I saw, he was just kind of attacking everyone else's plan and really giving his own plan. I think Benedetto, um, he spoke well. He, he didn't really give outbursts. Um, my thing with Benedetto is, you know, the business aspect of it all, you know. Um, but, you know, that's something that, you know, also comes with the job, also comes with the experience once you're there. Um, but, again, it's like you were saying, I, I don't really – I don't really think you can put um, a favorite on top right now. But I agree with you. Those three, Verandas, uh, Benedetto, and at the end of the day, uh, Ricardi are going to be the three, I think, as well. Uh, they're going to be the main the main um, candidates for it. There are people that are saying to not sleep on Pedro, Madeira, Rodriguez, but me personally, it's kind of hard to take that guy seriously. I don't know. Yeah, me too. Uh, me but too. that's just me. I mean, everyone's <laughs> open to their opinion and you know their whole thought process, but that's just me. Um, again, the next several days, um, they are going to be doing more, um, the bots, you know, more, uh, <laughs> excuse me, more debates and stuff. I know tomorrow it's supposed to be Verandas against, uh, Ricardi, 
that's going to be um, pure entertainment. I'm actually really excited <laughs> to see that one because honestly, you should give these guys like a pair of boxing gloves and, and just let them go. Because literally, that's what I thought was going to happen today. Like no joke. Um, guys, there's a there's there's a couple things, man, and I think I think we all have a general understanding and a general consensus uh-huh. regarding what we think of these guys. Um, I did not watch today's debate. I did follow along a little bit and reading people's tweets, so I don't want to act like I watched it. I didn't. However, I have been reading a lot up on these guys kind of going into today's debates. Um, there's a couple things that I think stand out to me real clear and obvious up, uh, right out the bat. Um, the guy we just talked about that Patrick mentioned, um, uh, Rego, right? He, uh, to me, he looks like he's clearly – running to pad in his resume to um, kind of bring himself up to the public um, spotlight. I think that him going after Roberto Carlos is kind of reaching for those fans that I know who Roberto Carlos is. I think that he genuinely has no intention of really winning the presidency or of uh, being a legitimate president himself. I think that just off of how he's conducted himself, the things he said, he's very chilled laid back but also there's nothing about him that says i can run this club the way it needs to be ran i think he's more in it for himself um i think like we mentioned a little bit beforehand i think guys like benedito i think he's going to kind of dominate the younger crowd the people that know him and know that he used to be the goalkeeper and the captain of the futsal team um i think he's also letting the other guys kind of hurt themselves People like Pedro Madeira Rodriguez, I don't think he'll win, but I think that he's going to get a lot more votes than people think because of the I fact so that he's too. already ran. And uh, and then you got the guy like Tio, Tio Richie and uh, Varandas. I think Varandas is going to appeal to a lot of in-betweeners, like the guys who kind of like Bruno Carvalho at first, then didn't at the end. So they're going to kind of be like, well, Varandas was there, so he clearly has had to have listened and learned something about Bruno, the positives. Maybe he's going to learn not to do the negatives. And then you got the guy, Richardi, who let's make it very obvious guys. He sucks as a banger. He he scares the shit out of me. So not only is he not good at what he says he's good at. (laughs) um, So, you know, he says he's good with money and everything like that. And anybody who's been around the Portuguese media and Portuguese uh, economy knows that what he's touched has failed. Um, another thing to note is that he was very much involved with Sporting's uh, Direções in the mid-90s to the first title that ended the 18-year drought. And then he came back right after Sporting won the last title in the 0102 season. And then he was there till Bruno Carvalho took over. So to me, that says two things. It says this guy's an opportunist. This guy doesn't know what he's doing with what he says he does. And third and foremost, he wants to get his hands involved, again, being an opportunist when Sporting seems to be doing their best financially. So he's gotten his hands involved when we've won, and now we haven't won, but we know that Sporting has turned it around financially. That pisses me off. I hate the guy. Yeah, he's just got evil eyes, man. He's got – He's a snake. man. I think so too, man. And that's what scares the crap out of me because – I don't know what the hell Spartan issues are going to do come September 8th, man. I honestly don't know. And he's, I mean, it, he's, it took he, the, go ahead. Sorry, buddy. go ahead. No, I was just saying it, it took me a surprise that, that 71% voted against Bruno Carvalho. 
So looking at this election, that's what now, I'm saying. Yeah, I have no, and on top of that, it's seven people. I have no idea what's gonna happen. I'm Man, it's win with fifteen percent. <laughs> exactly, and to me, like my dad, huge Spartanista, right? And and I know him and I have our differences, especially with how Spartan is being run. But the guy's literally, I know it. Without him confirming it, he's torn between like a Verandas and a Richardi. Like the old school of him is like, oh, we got to go with Richardi. He knows what right. he's doing, blah, blah, blah. He's professional. And then we also got to go with Verandas because he's the new, perfectly suited, well put together man who's ready to go to battle following all the turmoil that exists as Spartan. It's like hard to, if you're just yeah. a casual Spartan Gista, casual Saucio, it's like, you're, you're going to flip a coin between those two. If you're a hardcore Spartanista, you're going to be more in tune to what's been going on and you're going to have much more of an opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Patrick said it. Like, it's, it's having to pick between a bunch of horrible, sucky people. Yeah. I don't know. And then Guys, people like Benedito aren't even bad, but whatever. But, you know, he's, he's running. He's not a bad person. I like him. I like him, but I, I want to hear more. I want to hear more of his uh, financial aspects, at least of you know what he wants to try to do with the club, uh, because everything else he said today sounded pretty well. I just want him to elaborate more on that, and we'll get to that because everyone, like I said, is going to have their their own day where they go up and debate. But here's a question for you guys, and I'll end it with this: Come September eighth, right? September eighth is the elections. Do you think it'll still be seven of these people running, or do you think at some point people are going to join together? Hmm. Uh, honestly, I, I don't see it unless it's Regu. I see some people maybe dropping out. Mm -hmm. I see maybe Regu realizing um, that, you know. Roberto Carlos is all that. <laughs> yeah, not only that, that, that's not enough to win over every Spartanista. He might right. not have a lot of support. Right. So I also I see him kind of joining maybe a Diaz Ferreira, maybe uh, a Richardi. I see him joining some someone maybe with a bit more pull. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know. I, I think if anything, people are going to start dropping out. I think PMR is too. Look, is look too at PMR. Prideful. He did. Did you guys hear about him going and grabbing uh, John Terry as a potential yes. um, yep. pull as well? Yep. These guys are and, reaching and for. Yeah, so I don't see. I don't I, want I can, John Terry. He's, he's I can get the around he's the coach. The gate saying uh, he has Claudio Ranieri ready and see, willing to go. Yeah, that, that I I can I can accept that. To be quite honest, like we know Claudio Ranieri, what he brings to the table. We know what success he's had. Like his resume speaks for himself. You know, oh, I can accept manager. that. I I can't accept the whole John Terry, Roberto Carlos kind of BS being pulled out. And just hoping that fans are like, oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, Roberto Carlos. No, I Jesus, agree. It's crazy. Yeah. I agree. Patrick, you think anyone will join together? Or you think it'll be all seven candidates come September 8th? I, I, I can definitely see maybe one or two candidates um, crash out. And perhaps the most likely one to do that is uh, Tavares Pereira, who was – Yeah. It, it, oh, it's for, true, for long right? moments in today's debate, he was – quite quiet and he only really had one animated moment with Diaz Ferreira at the end where yeah. you know, it, it was quite comical actually that one um, but, um, <laughs> it was pretty good but yeah he, you know he, he's, so, he's so low key I think I think he was um, he, he was ironically the most the most popular name trending in Portugal uh, during the, the debate but probably about half of them were who, who is this guy you know um, and, and that's and that's the, that's the thing I don't think he, he's quite uh, managed to pick up like 
he hasn't got any pull behind him uh, up to this point. And, you know, if someone's going to drop out, it makes sense for it to be him. Another one, I'm not sure, perhaps Dish Fajeda, because we know he's a very emotional guy. And we saw that side of him again today. And some something tells me that, you know, he might just get frustrated with everything that's going on and and perhaps, you know, call it a day there. And, but other than that, I think I think Hegel might go all the way. Rodriguez certainly will go all the way. And obviously yeah. the other three are, are, are your main characters, um, yeah. in my opinion. So I think if, if we are to lose some candidates, um, it will probably probably be one or two, but no more than that, I'd say. Fair enough. Um, so, guys, uh, that pretty much wraps it up for the presidency. Um, we'll, we'll keep posting news as we get it. Um, next podcast, I'm sure we'll have more news to cover, especially with the debates um, going on throughout the week. Um, so now let's let's hit it up to our Twitter questions. I'm going to go ahead and read a couple. Um, we got one from Steph. He says, uh, do you guys think we should give Lamar a chance at left back? Uh, Danny, I'll give this one to you. I I 100% think so. Uh, I think uh, preseason, he looked he looked really good. Um, I was impressed with him. I thought maybe he would be our starting left back. I guess Pazeta doesn't see it that way, at least as of yet. Um, but I was I was genuinely impressed with him. I wouldn't mind seeing him at left back. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I think anything over Jefferson would be an upgrade. Thank at this point. you. Sadly, sadly <laughs> Jefferson God. has passed it now because. Back in yeah. the day, Jefferson used to cross the ball like it was nothing. He was our dead ball mm-hmm. specialist. He was good. And, and now he he can't even make a a, a simple cross yeah. in the box wide open. Like <laughs> To me, he's like he's like he's like a he's like it you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Sporting back in like the late uh two thousands, early two thousand where we just went out and like borrowed players, got them on loan, just like anybody's like third stringer and hoped that they would do well. Yeah, pray like for the best. Yeah, like those kind of dudes. And we're like, oh no, sir. <laughs> like, don't do this to me. All right, so I got I got two more questions from Steph. Uh, Fernando, I'm going to give this one to you. I think he's trying to say who should be uh, Bastot's wingman. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I think I, I saw that question too a little bit. So I don't know if he's just saying that or also like a guy who's going to, you know, support like him on top. Yeah, I think so yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I think that we don't have that guy. I think that <laughs> it's – it's yeah. what what we need. I think it's what Sporting has to go into the transfer market and grab one. I think we I think we'd all agree that right now, if we're gonna say who should it be, I think we're all gonna pick players that namely have a set possession that they play and that they can also adapt to. And I think that that doesn't that doesn't vote well for this should be his supporter, his wingman, his 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 main delivery guy. You know. You know who would be a perfect Bas Dos guy? Juan Pinto, but he's retired. That that's the guy who gave the balls to Jardel back in the day. If only. You know? Like that if that's only. exactly who should be the guy who's crossing the balls to him and delivering it. But we but we don't even have a guy that even sniffs the talent of that dude. Maybe Bruno Fernandes becomes the guy who plays directly behind him and lets Bruno Fernandes kind of take over in a in a more hopefully creative manner as well. And maybe he'll get some more shots on target. But in my opinion, that's not even a good position for Bruno. So I think we I think we need to go to the transfer market and get a guy who, who can play that role. Huh? Yeah, fair enough. And uh Steph's last question, uh Patrick, this one's for you. Um who would you pick who would you pick as your number six and your number eight? 
Um, so from the current options, um, I would I would definitely go for um, Bataglia and um, Vendel next to him, obviously, assuming that Bruno Fernandes is a player that plays close. Hello, hello, anybody in here again? So many technical difficulties, I guess. Uh, there we go. We're coming back. Sorry, guys, a lot of a lot of issues here on uh, Google Hangouts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, guys, has to I'm, like I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, we all got bounced. Don't worry about it. All right, so we're all Patrick. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm so sorry about that, but I have no idea what just happened. I think he was talking Wendell and, and Batalia, Patrick. I think that's what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Um so in terms of six and eights, yeah. Wendell and Bataglia I think is the is the best pivot that Pozado um can come up with, uh, assuming Brun Fernandes is a player that plays further forward. Um it'll be interesting to see when, when Storaro's fit. Um, mm-hmm. um is obviously yeah. a very um, interesting player in, in the same way that Bataglia is um, in, and he comes with experience of playing in the Serie A and, and the Champions League so it'll be interesting once he's back to see who who, who gets the better um, who, who, who essentially fits into the defensive midfield role um, but for now it's Vendel and Bataglia and hopefully Vendel gets his chance soon Yeah uh, so we got a couple of other ones from Zeb Pereira he said two for one thoughts on Misich yesterday. And then he says, uh, let's pump the brakes on Cabral. Yes, he was good offensively, but also turned the ball over a lot too. Keep him on the bench as the super sub for now until he can stop giving the ball away and keeping possession. But good start. Um, as well, I, I guess I'll answer this one. Uh, my thoughts on Misich, um, nothing exciting. Um, I don't really think – I mean, I guess it, it is an upgrade over Petrovic, but, you know, it's it's not like it's it's an upgrade by like a mile, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And as far as far as Cabral, I agree with him. I don't think we should start him yet. I think I think the role he's playing now is perfect. I think you know thirty to twenty five minutes in the second half, uh, a, a player that can come in like we've seen these past two games and literally assist. I mean, he got the PK in the first game, gave a beautiful cross uh, to Nani in the second game. So, I mean, he has quality. He's still young. Um, so I agree with him. I think using him as a super sub right now um, is better suited for him. And then maybe in the cup games, you know, those league cup games, you know, you can, you can give him uh, his chance to start. Um, So that's my takeaway on that. Um, He also asked for injury updates with Bastos and Viviano. Um, I know Bastos was just taken out as a precautionary thing at halftime. Um, I think he is good to go for the, uh, for the Derby, right? Against Benfica, looks like Benfica. it. I'm pretty sure I he is. So. Yeah, yeah. And then Viviano. Um, I actually wanted to hit on this, guys. I don't think is Viviano going to be fully fit this weekend. 
Because it seems like even if because, he's fit, I don't think he's going to go with yeah. him. Because if idea. not, who do you guys think we should be having as keepers, Salah or uh, Nan? I don't haven't I don't remember much of Bahranan last season. He he wasn't really a goalie that caught my eye to be honest at his studios, so I'm not too sure. Um, but my only worry with Salah is is how weak he is coming out trying to grab the ball. Um, listen, I like the guy. I think the guy he's he's a great guy and. You know, he helped out a lot on the bench last year, and uh, he, he definitely might have a role in the team. I, I definitely do think he he's good enough to be a backup or obviously third choice, but um, I, I, maybe I'd like to see if, Anand, if Vivian was healthy. I think we go with him no matter what. Um, to honestly, though, I, your, your guess is as good as mine on who's there. <laughs> at, this, at this time, flip a coin. Um <laughs> So he also says uh, in the second half, uh, missed the first half coming from, from work. Uh, there were a few times Rostovsky played more central, like a uh, defensive midfielder, making some timely challenges. Anyone else notice that and think that might be a game plan next week, especially if Missage starts? Guys, you think uh, Rostovsky could ever play centrally? No. Nah, not for me. Nah, I don't I, think so. I, nope. think, yeah. I think he finds that himself in that position a lot because – I don't think Bataglia is quite as well drilled under Pozzetta as he was with Jesus. I think Bataglia tracks himself a lot to the ball. Sometimes it works because he's you know he's a very tenacious player and he gets the timing right. When he doesn't get the timing right, there's a gap in midfield. And that's, that's when, yeah. And that's when like a Jefferson or a Rostovsky came in to, to try and sort things out. But you know, if if a team moves the ball about quick enough it, it, it they get it from the centre back over to the wings and, and create problems. I think Jefferson is a player uh, who suffers a lot with that actually. Lots of balls mm-hmm. um, go over yeah. behind his head. So mm-hmm. um I, I think that's that's something sporting has to look at and be a lot tighter against a team like Benfica otherwise um yeah. a team with the quality of Benfica will, will will sort us out. Yeah, I think so too. I think we could it, it, we could be it, eaten alive um, if these guys don't do a good job of tracking back. Because you're right, uh, especially Jefferson, even Rostovsky at times, um, they, they've been caught out of position. I've noticed that too, um, and, and not backtracking as well. Um, and guys, the last the last thing from Zab Pereira, uh, going away to Benfica, he says Petrovic in the middle and go defensive or Misic and try to and try to go for the win offensively. Uh, Patrick, I'll start with you. Um, see, the thing is with Petrovic, I don't think he's that good defensively. Um, <laughs> so I don't. I think, agree with you, man. I don't. I don't think there's much point in 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 doing that. I'd rather. I'd ra- obviously rather. I'd rather Vendel, but it is unlikely. Um, so perhaps maybe we'll, we'll go with Misic. Um, it's just important that him and Bataglia um, keep things very tight um, in between the lines. And with some help, on, of course, from Bruno Fernandes, I think will be required on the day. Um, yeah, I think it will be a different sporting performance to obviously what we've seen against Smolensk and Stuttgart. Um, but given that I don't think Petrovic is that good defensively anyway, I'd rather go with Misic because at least he offers a little bit more uh, on the ball and and he has a good shot on him as well. You never know when when, when these things happen. The moment from outside of box, he can strike him. So. I think Misic has more to more to give. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Nando, what are your what are your thoughts, defensively or offensively? 
Um, I'm thinking a little bit of neither, man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little worried if we go in there, you know, acting all arrogant and stuff like we're about to dominate, we can see ourselves getting blown out. Um, I also think that if we go in too defensively, we're just urging and egging Befica on to put the ball in play and, and run on our defense. Um, especially Patrick just touched up. I think right now the gaps, the holes that our midfield is leaving, um, but that, in my opinion, like Patrick exactly said, isn't um, up to par this year like he was with uh, Zeus. Um, I still am not sold on Jefferson playing on the left. Um, we, we, we talked about it. We feel that Acuna would be a better, a better guy or a better suited left back than he is what he's been playing at, at winger or the left side of the midfield. So I, I don't know. I, don't, I think we have to kind of play it as it goes. I think this is going to be a huge game for us to see what kind of coach Pizzetto can be for us this year. Um, I think we all agreed that George Azuz had some crazy tactics, but when it came to the big games, I think that he loved those moments and he was able to put and, and kind of mold as the game went on. It was the smaller games that we blew our chances. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm fearful that Pizzetto, we know what we're going to get with him and that he's not going to be able to adjust. Um, but at the same time, you know, they also have a guy like Rui Vitoria, and, and I don't think he's talented at all as a coach. So I think Sporting nope. just kind of have to kind of yeah, have to go with, go with the flow, see what kind of game Benfica's playing since they're playing at home and adjust on the fly. Yeah. And Danny, real quick, who would you start? Uh, start between who again? If you had a choice between uh, Petrovic and Misic. Oh yeah, I, I I'd go with I'd go with Misic simply because he 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 plays the ball and he's much better on the ball and he plays the ball a bit better. He you know sometimes it won't work out, but he'll still try to play that pass. Whereas Petrovic, like Patrick said, and I agree with him hundred percent. I don't even think he's that great defensively, and then as well on the ball, he's he's not the same as a Misic or a or a Wendell. So um, definitely Misic over 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 Petrovic. Yeah, um, I mean, if, if it was a perfect world, I'd have Pilinga, but no, you know. I mean, I'd have Janals, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, me personally, I, I, guys. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was gonna say in a perfect world, I'd have like a like a William Carvalho in his right state of mind. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> uh, me personally, I want to see Petrovic uh, far, 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 far away. <laughs> um, from the starting 11. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, he, it's kind of like inspirational, though, in a way, because like Petro made it. Like, how can I not make it as a professional? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's one of those things. It's like, how does this man? Like, I'm not trying to be an ass, but like, he's oh, not dude. sporting quality. Like, I'm sorry. Like, the truth is. <laughs> he's hurts. the type like, of guy that needs to be loaned out to Braga. Yes, yeah, and if they want a percentage of the sell, I will gladly pay whatever you want. That's fine. Fuck that, but now, <laughs> yes, I, I completely agree, guys. And real quick, Steph sent over a poll to us on um, who won the debate tonight, and forty three point two percent apparently was a uh, Dias Freda. Yeah. yeah, and second with fifteen point one percent was João Benedetto. And Rui George Regu was in third with 13.1. Fourth was Verandas, 12.5. Ricardi was 9.8. 
Um, and then it was Tavares Pereira at 3.2. And then the guy who was last was uh, Pedro Madreira Rodrigues with 3.1. Um, again, I don't. I think it's still too way too early to tell. Um, there's going to be a lot more debates, but I guess for the first one that they thought uh, the Estrada. That's surprising, man. E- e- yeah, I think we take that with a grain of salt, too. I mean, in any, no, for sure. I mean, you guys are Americans. You know better than we do. It said Hillary. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, Donald Trump. Dude, you, know, you, guys Trump, you know what I mean? So. That's exactly why I'm scared. Because but, the poll yeah. predictions yeah. lied to us. Okay? Yeah. I, I, think, I think the fact that we don't know, you know, where it came from, first off. Like, I don't want to sound like, you know, we're a group of just, like, super paranoid, like, schizophrenic sportingistas. But, yeah. like, you know, we don't know where it came from. We don't know if it was just a regular website or if it was, like, one of those that, like, a ball or record puts up. And then you got a bunch of befitistas and brutistas who are just trying you to know, just I, jump it in. Came, it probably came from CMTV, to be honest with you. I hate that so and much. Then, I hate him so much, you bro. You just, you just don't know who votes on it. it, it it could be all sporting fans, but like five percent of them are sausage. So, like you know, what I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily really make a difference. That's, I think, what the big the problem with Bruno Carvalho was. A lot of his supporters, unfortunately, are not sausage. That's true. And they, you know, they they pull. They they have no pool. There's nothing they can do. They can just tweet and whatnot, and then that's it. Yeah, yeah, I agree, guys. And real quick, uh, starting with Patrick uh, to wrap up the show. Give me your result for this Saturday against Benfica. Um, I'll be positive and say we'll steal a one-nil victory. Okay, all right, I like it. Uh, Nando, give me your prediction. I'm gonna go with uh, Jesus. I want to go with an old-fashioned zero-zero. Um, but I think that Sporting gets a one-one tie. Okay, I think we take a lead and then they come back and score towards the end, maybe a late-minute BSPK or something. Okay, Danny, what's your prediction? Yeah, uh, my head says 1-1 because a few years ago I went to the Luge in my Spartan <laughs> shirt, got spit on. A fucking oh, seven-year-old kid called, a, called me a filha da puta on halftime. Wow. Uh, we, went, we tied 1-1. I would have slapped that kid. That's my head. But my heart is going for the vengeance for that fucking eight-year-old kid. It's a 3 nothing win for Spartan. And nice. I was probably 11, 12 years old. <laughs> so we get the, we get to sing that song we sing at halftime that uh uh what was that chant the sporting Lisa sang the last time that we won 3-0 at the luge we were winning at halftime uh you know i forget what it was called damn it but i'll, I'll send it to you guys there you'll see fair enough <laughs> guys as for me i'm gonna go with a 2-2 draw that's, I'm, I'm going with the draw. I'm going with the tie. Um, if we win, if we somehow manage to win, I don't know what I'm gonna do. My Benfica buddies will never hear the end. Dude, I'm, this, I'm is pro- pro- this is a very bad team. Beat them, you know? Yeah, and I, I, I got a Benfica who wants to watch the game with me on Saturday, and I'm I'm, I'm like hesitant because I don't know if my heart is ready for it yet. And then like the other side of me is like, dude, because if we win. <laughs> You're not going to be my friend anymore. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So fair enough, guys. That pretty much wraps it up uh, for today's episode. Hope everyone enjoyed it. We'll be back again next week. Uh, We'll see if we'll do it on Sunday. We'll talk um, after the Benfica game. Um, Good chatting with everyone. Enjoy your week.
Wait, wait, before we exit, steps on our chat on YouTube. He says Bruno is gonna smoke a blunt if we win. Uh, actually, it's not gonna yeah. be a blunt. It's gonna I be mean, a bone buck that I. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that'd be awesome, man. I need to find like a way to customize it. I'll figure something out, man. I'll figure something out. I'll figure something out. Sport, the sports emblem on the pit on the papers. I'm telling you, that'd be awesome. I'll think of something. But guys, enjoy your week. We'll be back next week. Hit us up with uh, your feedback, any questions you have, and uh, force the Spartan, and let's get this dub. Absolutely, man. It was fun talking to you all again. Take care, everyone.